Welcome to Comfortable at Home. I'm your host, Diane Lowy, a home coach living in New York City who focuses on you and not your stuff. This week, we're talking to Michelle. She was in my first class of the Comfortable at Home seminar, which was offered in June, and just her results were absolutely amazing, in large part because she came to the table with the frustration of having worked with a lot of other organizers and design professionals over the years and not getting the results that she was looking for. So she was really enthusiastic about the possibility of being able to finally solve the problems that she had with her home. And I think she really figured it out. It's so exciting to hear all of the epiphanies that she had over the course of the four weeks and beyond. Take a listen. What got me curious about joining the class is that I couldn't quite understand what you did that was different from any other organizer that I had done, that I had worked with. And it was by just even just watch the first session, it was just, it became automatic. It just be, it unfolded itself and showed exactly how you were different and that it's not so much about the stuff where you actually look at, well, how does this stuff relate to your, how do you use this stuff? And how is that most functional in your day-to-day life? Where it's like the inverse. It's not like trying to cram myself in my stuff. It's my stuff cramming into me. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. So that's, so we'll, have, we'll touch upon that, yeah. Yeah. So Michelle, do you want to introduce yourself and sort of talk a little bit about um, how we came to work together? Sure. So um, I um, I live in Western New York, uh, just outside of Buffalo and went in a suburb of Buffalo rather. Um, and I have, my husband and I, Michael, have been living in our house for about 13 years now. And it was a house that we had torn apart so much of it virtually replace every bit of every every bit of every room and we connected through this class um Kathy Heller's workshop um made to do the made to do this and I was intrigued about um your so what I had done was I posted a picture of well what does the, the top of your refrigerator look like and my refrigerator had the guts quote unquote, the guts of my freezer on top of the fr- fridge. And you had showed me in response this picture of the cabinet that was just perfectly organized. And you said, well, that was the after. Here's the before. I'm like, holy cow, I am so curious. I'm, I mean, let's connect and let's tra- talk more about what you do. So that's how that happened. <laughs> yeah. And then we, we talked about it and you're amazing at like, you're, you have a company, Empathy Marketing. Mm-hmm where you help people, like, do you want to talk a little bit about what what you do? Absolutely. So what I do is I really help people identify what, who their, who their people are, who their, their market is, um, who, and if they have a niche or not, and really solidify, uh, really identify the key words to, that will connect with them so that they will, so to, so that you can communicate and engage with them. Um, keywords like 
oftentimes I, I work with life coaches and they give these fluffy words like we're saying, saying that you'll have more joy in your life and you'll be happier and blah, blah, blah. What the heck does that even mean? <laughs> like, like seriously. And I, so I said, well, what does it mean? Like, what is that? What does that lead to? Oh, I will actually be more present with my kids. I won't yell at my kids nearly as much. Um, I will have a better relationship with my spouse. And I help them uncover those words and those terms and so that they can actually connect with their clients so that they could actually connect with their customers so that they could get more clients and grow their business. Yeah, so it was super nice and generous of you. You had offered to have a conversation with me about my business and sort of what I do to see if um, you, know, you could help me to like drill down on sort of the words that I use to talk about what I do because what I do, like home organizing is a point of entry for people, but what I do is like so much more and so different. And um, when we were talking about it, it seemed like you both completely agreed and you still didn't understand what I did. Exactly. It was because in my, I understood that you did so much more than just home organizing. However, I didn't understand the process in which you did that. And for me, if I don't understand it, I can't speak to it. And it's really difficult for me to help you with that. So that initiated, that for me, the, the two things that really struck a chord was that what you, you were an organizer and that it was, that was like your umbrella in which you, your business is under, but yet you did it so, you did it so much, you dove in so much deeper and you, you had a, a solution that seemed that to me really sounded like it would be more successful. And I was intrigued and I wanted more. So I jumped into your class. And so and I'm so glad I did um, because I jumped in because so for the, all the 13 years, I've literally had two design, um, organizers and an interior designer come to my house. I spent way too much in the container store to address problems with our kitchen and that have never been resolved. And it's been such a bane of contention between my husband and me that we have literally everything, including the kitchen sink in our basement to be replace our kitchen. But have, I have put a halt on it because I don't want the mess to be carried over to the new kitchen. So, yeah. yeah. And so, so when we were sort of talking about what the project would be that you really wanted to work on over the course of the class, I think the kitchen just was like something when you were talking about it during the first class, it sounded like you guys might have had more than one argument about it. Uh, that would be fair to say. Um, we probably have argued or have, we've at least gotten into each other's way and yelled about um, where is the spice at least once a month and gotten into a really heated debate about it at least once every six months. <laughs> it's been really terrible. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So what was it about um, our conversations in the class that really resonated with you and that helped you to like take action that's like got the beautiful results that you guys have today? The, when you said that the space 
really ought to work for us and not, and really consider how we use our things versus what is quote unquote normal or what is expected um, or traditional. That's what really resonated a chord with me. You had a client that she had, she lives in New York and who cooks in New York? And she stores her shoes in her pantry, which makes common sense to me. And I thought about it and especially with just thinking about just process and flow of work. Um, I, so, by, so when I look at um, problems, my, my, I typically, my background being um, in science is that I look at each element and I look to see what the relationship of one element is to another and group like items together or whether they're like items or how, based on how they would be used. Um, and then that I look back at my kitchen, I'm like, oh God, I'm totally doing this wrong because I'm doing what is conventional. It doesn't, when conventional doesn't work for me because when I think of spreads, like I did what normal people do and I put my jams and jellies with my, my nut butters, but I don't, First of all, I don't like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, loathe them, <laughs> never have them. And peanut butter in my house, I give to my dogs, while the almond and pistachio cashew butters are, we use those for snacks. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what the heck? Why am I doing this to myself? And during COVID, my husband, who I love dearly, but at the same time has gotten who has gone completely mad, had started really baking and baking copious amounts of pastries and desserts and bread. And he had recently gotten into pastries and marshmallows and all these other intricate projects. And somehow we accumulated eight different types of flour in our house. And they were literally spread out throughout the, the entire kitchen which was madness. And I just thought, this doesn't make any sense. Yes, this is quote unquote normal, typical, but let's actually put them all in an area where he actually does all of his baking, where the stand mixer is, where we have, where he can actually roll out his pastry dough and the, all his other products and stuff that it's all sta stayed there and everything else will be away from there. Just totally made sense to just, because that was a key for me to just see the path in how to get there. But in addition, it was really so incredibly helpful that when it came time to finding products to actually fit a specific problem, which I never thought existed, you had the solution right off the top of your head, which was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, it's been, it was so impressive um, how you just really like dove into the process. And I mean, it sounds like from how you're talking about it, that you basically like, you told Mike what needed to happen and you did it. But I think it was more collaborative than that. 
Um, Do you want to talk through sort of the communication between oh. you and Mike and how that's changed since we worked together? Certainly. I, I kind of glazed over that, but it, it wasn't even, so it's funny because in our class, all of us were in a relationship in a long-term relationship and you had warned me actually you had warned someone else to before you move anything you best speak to your partner because this way because it can change is hard and people respond to change differently so I told him I had said well I know this has been something that's been bothering both of us and we collaboratively sat down and actually okay here's what here's the plan here's a plan of thought does this work for you or not and it was so constructive and not at all adversarial which was incredible <laughs> yeah so it's it i feel like it taking that initiative and taking that time to actually instead of me diving in and fixing it because if i i've done this before where i've dove in and fixed things and then it doesn't make sense to him. So he goes and changes it all up and doesn't ever put anything back in the right place. Well, now it's because we both agreed upon this and we both say, hey, this is the way it is. We agreed upon it and we're just gonna maintain it together, which was, has been, which I really contribute why we had such great results in the kitchen. And then one Sunday morning I wake up and he's in the garage cleaning it out on his own. Which, like, who are you? <laughs> Do you know what time it is on a Sunday? But it's, it really sparked a real, it really sparked in him too, it's a, that initiative to the, and it's really helped us to really change the way we see our environment and make it work for us instead of sticking to traditional um, patterns or just traditional thought trains of thought that's that's like so amazing I just love to hear how Mike got really into it and even though we were just talking about how change is hard and you need to make sure both people are on board the fact that he like left out of bed one Sunday morning and just cleaned out the garage I think is every every person's dream that their partner would do something like that is kind of amazing and wonderful um and like the, I think some of the success of this is that um, that the the parameters and the ideas within the class are not prescriptive and not directive, but they're more like guidelines and ways of thinking about your the problems with your space as opposed to didactic step by step instructions. Absolutely, and. I could say that that's really what, why I was so excited to, to jump in and get started because it wasn't as, it wasn't prescriptive like it had been where I had worked with other people before. It was really, well, I don't know, that's your space. How do you use it? Like what, what would be easiest for you? And when I was thinking about our pantry, I, I had, and I had shown off what we did one weekend there was a drawer that I pulled out and there was spices in one little slip on the drawer and then there were these cans of tomatoes and coconut milk and I know one of um, the participants in the class Karia said what 
are you why are the spices there with the tomatoes i'm like oh those are the spices i use for curry and i use the tomatoes for curry along with the coconut milk duh <laughs> and i stopped i'm like no that's not duh because that's unique to me and how i think and how i would use it and that's what was the most beautiful thing about the class and your guidance is that it really helped me tap into myself and what makes the most sense for me which is totally different from from anyone else in the class and they had just such a they had the same amazing results with their spaces but it was not something i would have ever done but it was perfect for them This episode of Comfortable at Home is being brought to you by the Comfortable at Home Seminar. Do you want results like Michelle? By focusing on you and not your stuff, you can work through any space in your home, no matter how long it's been a problem, no matter what area. Go to newyorkathome.com and click on the coaching tab for more information. The next four-week seminar begins Tuesday, September 8th. We hope you can join us. implementation being so intuitive for you is that you are computer scientists and you do work with systems um, all the time. And that this is a strength of yours that you were really able to apply to your home. So I don't know, like we were talking about like that, 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 do you feel more confident in your ability to know what the right next step is with your home? Yes, <laughs> um, without a doubt. It's, I feel, it's, it's, it's amazing because I feel like working with you, you gave me strategies and guidelines and ways of thinking that was a key that unlocked a door that allowed me to see our storage and our things and it in a new light in that it just I thought I can see it now like oh because like I like systems and processes so I can apply the same process of thinking into the other spaces that we are moving into um for instance we have an over we have a we have a ranch house and there's this enormous um, storage area that's in our basement that has been, we've literally just taken stuff and just thrown it in there because we don't want to deal with it. However, when I'm ha having friends over and I need a tray, I know exactly where it is. It's with the other things that's with everything else on top of it and on top of, as well as um, emotional booby traps that I don't want to that are, that are things that have emotional baggage associated that I need to go through to get what I need. It's just, I always, I, I would always cover, like avoid it. In fact, I avoid it so much that I put up drapes in front of it to visually disguise it and not to have it out of sight. But now understanding how to actually see it and how to create a system and, run through it methodically in a, pro, in, a, in a way that in a process that makes sense to me and my thinking and our thinking that 
we can actually successfully overcome that. And I feel absolutely confident with that today, as opposed to three months, two months ago, even. Is it okay if we dive into that a little bit more? Are you comfortable sure. talking about it? Sure. Yeah. So when you say emotional booby traps and you're talking about things that you don't want to look at or deal with, um, a large amount of the stuff from the boxes is from they, their belongings from your mother, right? From my parents, yes. Yeah. Much, much from my mom. Um, both of my parents had passed um, when I was younger. And I say that my inheritance was my brother. And my and a couple months after my mom's passing, um, my father had passed eight years before my mom. So we didn't have the emotional bandwidth to really go through any of the things her estate so it went came from Long Island all the way to my my house and got dumped in my living room where it stayed for almost two years and then from there it got moved down into my basement because I just I did go through much of the things but a lot of it I just I didn't have the I didn't have the time or the emotional bandwidth like I said to just really go through it and and um like I I wanted to as well as being the eldest my brother and sister at the time didn't have didn't weren't were still transient as far as where they were living so I told them fine I'll store mom's mom and dad's things that you want to hold on to fine you can I'll store it for whatever and then you can come back and get it so now it's like okay I'm ready to tackle this and mm-hmm. yeah, and it, it's, I think, it, how long has it been since um, your brother, you, you finished raising your brother? Um, so my brother left my house. Uh, so he left 10 years ago. Oh my God, he left 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. It's, it's, it's almost like it was yesterday, but at the same time, it wasn't. Yeah, so, and when I, uh, I'm going to just reveal that you and I talked about this uh, last week um, about sort of some techniques that you could use in order to make it easier to go through the belongings is that like the first five years or so after somebody passes, it's really, really difficult to think about. And, you know, most of us do like a first round edit where it's easy to say like this stuff doesn't need to come, but then there's things that you need to make decisions about eventually, but you need to be in an emotional space to be able to do so. So that tends to require some time. So like five to 10 years tends to be what I've seen with clients who have um, lost people that that they love. Um, And it often takes other people that amount of time in order to grieve and have some space to be able to start making those decisions too. So now that it's been over a decade and your brother and your sister have more permanent homes and spaces themselves and you know with with covid everybody's kind of taking a good look at their legacy and their 
their spaces and trying to have more room for life and less room for storage because we're spending so much time at home. Uh, so we sort of talked about what it would look like to be able to have conversations with your siblings about shipping things to them so that if there are things that they do want to hold on to that um, are not as important to you that you're able to create more space for your family. Yeah, and that, that conversation was really empowering and just the suggestion of getting on FaceTime and just saying like, hey, this piece, is it really important to you or do you want it, yes or no? And just, it's like, because my house is no longer store, this storage space is closed for business. <laughs> it's like, we're done. And it's just, it was so, like, it, it was so easy and refreshing at the same time that it's it because I've I always tiptoed around it before because I trying to be sensitive of their because their their feelings and they also had experienced a loss but at the same time it's like okay I think we've had enough time we've we're we're kind of we're we're okay and we're in a safe place now and okay do you want this or not <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, um, nobody should have the amount of yadros that I have in my basement <laughs> in packaging. I literally have 20, at least 24 pieces of bubble wrapped and packaged. And they're, if they're not important to anybody else, well, I don't care. I'll sell them and give the pro, split the proceeds. I don't care. Ah. <laughs> uh because especially this time has made me realize that, like I really, I'm sure a lot of people have realized this too, that we're home, we, when we're home, we really wanna be comfortable and feel like we're around things that we love and not stuff, not burdened by stuff that doesn't mean anything to us or even things that we loathe and we're just holding on for, for whatever reason. Oh, and something that just reminded me of like, so a thing that a lot of people talk about is decluttering, right? Like this idea of like, oh, I have too much stuff and I need to declutter and I need to like take everything out and just get rid of it or whatever. So it sounds like you've had this incredible transformation in terms of how you look at your space, how you're using your space that it's had a huge, like, it's had a huge impact on your relationship with your spouse. Have you decluttered and donated or thrown out anything? Hmm. Decluttered or thrown out anything? Actually, yes. But not nearly as much as you would think. Um, because I've, Given a, so there was this cake stand that I had held on to thinking that someday I might use it, never used it, um, that it was given to me by a friend who has now since passed. And I, so there was that sentimental value with that that I, had to, I was holding on to. But that and maybe a couple of other things, but not really. I haven't really decluttered because what made me realize was what instead, what happened was when we were going through our pantry and our um, cabinets and such, 
I rediscovered things that I had loved and that I hadn't seen in ages. And I wish that now I have incorporated into my daily life. Um, or I'm like, I, that, so now or creating a space that I'm going to showcase that because I want to see that all the time. And that's what's really been remarkable and touching is that it's like I rediscovered things that I had lost and I'd forgotten about that just brings so much joy. So. Wow. So that's incredible. So the, the idea that in this process that you are feeling so much more comfortable at home, that you have um, the enthusiasm and the empowerment to be able to take on a project that has been lingering in your basement for over a decade and that it sounds like you, um, you got rid of a cake stand. Yes, <laughs> I got rid of a cake stand um, and probably some expired food that <laughs> I hadn't known that was in there since 2000, that expired in 2017. <laughs> um, but that's really it. So, which was really, that was a thing that I suppose looking back in retrospect, that that was really shocking that never did we really talk about quote unquote decluttering as far as getting rid of stuff that need like just getting rid of or slimming down our stuff. But it was just more about looking at each piece and evaluating, does this serve a purpose and how does it serve for me? And perhaps I don't need it right now. So I'm just going to put it somewhere else Then, if it's not an immediate need, I'll just put somewhere else. that's not as accessible. So it's totally your pro the, your process is totally different in that it's not, it's not system, it's not, it's not where prescriptive where it's like, oh, take all your stuff and dump it out and then just see what bins you have and what have you. It's more really about your relationship and how that piece works for you. Do you use it very often? Do you not use it at all? Do you hate it? Then if you hate it, why do you have it? And just really evaluating that and looking at it in a whole different perspective. So that's what's so unbelievably different about your process and makes, your pro makes you so much, so valuable and so incredible to work with. Thank you. That's, that feels amazing to hear. And I, <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna accept that as <laughs> good. A, a lovely compliment. Um, and I think the, the last thing maybe we can talk about is, um, have you found that this way of thinking has spilled over into other aspects of your life? Strangely, yes. Actually, yeah, the way, because I, I think in this current environment, I've been working from home quite a bit like everybody else and what I wear day to day doesn't I don't really pay much attention to it because nobody really sees me except for the dog and my husband but whatever but as I think about possibly going back into the office and going back out into the real world and meeting pe with people face to face I'm looking at my wardrobe I'm like oh this doesn't represent me at all. <laughs> like, this is terrible. 
and really just evaluating like what is it that I what is it that I want from because I I feel like my what I wear is represents myself externally and I've always been I've always rather purchase quality products rather than have less items that are higher quality and more that are not as that are flimsy and such but now I'm like well instead of having the quote unquote what you should have the the white button down blouse I'm like oh for goodness sakes that's not even how I don't even wear it like that so really what is it what is true to me and make sure that my things in my closet represent that and are true to who I am oh yeah that's so cool yeah <laughs> yeah it's it was just it's just remarkable and it, how it it just it bleeds into other aspects it, it's like completely unconscious how it does that so, so, I mean, the thing that I keep hearing from you, like I think over and over again, is that you have more confidence in your ability to, to be yourself just in this, like to, to speak up for what you want and to have your, like have, have a say in and sort of double down on who you are. Yeah, that's actually, that, that summarizes it indeed. <laughs> I didn't see it that way, but yes. And just have the, and just own it and just have the authority to say, yeah, this is me and I'm showing up fully and completely and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Wow, what an amazing gift. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh. Well, and, yeah, sorry, I didn't I was, need to. <laughs> I was going to say, and the thing is that people will, and it's just funny because that you'll say that, yes, but I just helped you with your pantry, your kitchen, but it's it's such a change of minds. It's a mindset change. And a, truly that that key that really unlocked that hidden, that hidden part for me to just step completely into my own self and accept that. Yeah, it's amazing it's totally amazing and it's um I mean the thing for for me as the person on the receiving end hearing that is that you know the class that you were in with um like the the four-week seminar that we did that was the first time that I offered it and I was terrified that because I was doing this remotely by zoom that I wasn't going to be able to really help people the way that I do when I'm physically in their space. And um, thank you so much for giving me the, the, the confidence and this, this mirror that, um, that these things are actually more intellectual and less physical. And so that it is something that you can really learn virtually. It's not something that needs to be learned in person. In, and in some ways, learning it virtually means that you're taking more ownership of the work itself. It's been amazing. It's really been my pleasure. It's been, I mean, I, even though this was your first class, I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> the 
just your level of expertise and sensitivity and just sheer the just your wisdom is just so beyond your years and so amazing and just because you have the you know you have the 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 skills as far as spatial orientation but then wrap that with just your sensitivity and empathy it just makes for a dynamite combination and a, as a great teacher for that so thank you thank you so much michelle this has been such an amazing conversation and i'm really excited about about sharing this with with other people um thank you so much for being so generous with your your time and your story um I, this is amazing <laughs> my pleasure i mean i would anything because you have really helped transform so many aspects of my life my relationship my home my everything so thank you thank you thank you <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this conversation between Michelle and I about the Comfortable at Home seminar. June was the first time that I taught, and she was also a student in the very first class, so it's especially exciting to see the wonderful results that she got. Let's take a listen to some of the key takeaways. One, it's not about having you work around your stuff, but having your stuff work for you. Two, the space should work for you. Paying too much attention to what's expected and what is traditional can get in the way. Three, change is hard. People respond differently to change, but it always has an element of hard to it. Four, discussing the project with other members of the household before getting started can create a surprisingly supportive environment. Five, tapping into what makes the most sense for you will get results that you love. Six, applying your work skills to your home can be like bringing in an expert who understands your needs perfectly. Seven, it's common to need five to 10 years to reflect on legacy and have an emotional distance from the passing of a loved one. It's also normal to need that time and normal to have that time come and go simply out of habit. Eight, when you rediscover an item you love, you can fold it into your daily life. You don't need to wait for a special occasion. Today is the day. And nine, speak up for what you want. Double down on who you are. This episode of Comfortable at Home is being brought to you by the Comfortable at Home Seminar. Do you want results like Michelle? By focusing on you and not your stuff, you can work through any space in your home, no matter how long it's been a problem, no matter what area. Go to newyorkathome.com and click on the coaching tab for more information. The next four-week seminar begins Tuesday, September 8th. We hope you can join us.